Hola y bienvenidos a Sex and Spanglish, where we empower mujeres to get in touch with their bodies, own their pleasure, and where we discuss all the cochinadas our abuelas didn't tell us about. Hi all, my name is Ana, a certified sex coach who is earning a master's in social work and human sexualities education. I created this podcast as a way to start a conversation about sex in the Latin community because, let's be real, we don't talk about sex in our communities. It is my vision to have La Familia Latina discussing sex with one another, just like they do with chisme. Bienvenida, mi gente. Today I'm going to be soltando toda la sopa on sex toys. So before I get into the episode, I just wanted to kind of talk about my absence on social media lately. It's been about three or four weeks since I've posted anything sex-related um, that was my own content. I know I've shared a couple people's stuff. Um, but I haven't been posting any sex-related content. Now, we did address this on Instagram and on Facebook, um, but I kind of wanted to just bring it up here in case people um, haven't seen it or wondering what's going on. Um, so we recently put my grandmother into hospice care, um, which, you know, it's her time. She's um, not feeling very well, and she's almost 98 years old, so it's kind of expected. Um, but I'm taking that time to spend time with her. In the meantime, um, I will be producing content for the podcast. That is what I'm focusing on. Um, social media can kind of wait. I will be kind of active on there. So if you have any like messages you want to send me or anything like that, um, I'll be answering them here and there. I just won't be posting and I will be kind of be on there for like fun, you know, like what everyone else does, but I'm not going to be on there for sex related content purposes for the time being. Um, just because, you know, that eats up a lot of my time and I, I love it. Um, but this is where I want to spend my time, um, for the next coming weeks. Um, while I will not be posting any sex related content, I will be posting, um, Latina-owned businesses. Um, some of you may have already seen them. Um, so today is actually the episode, uh, the first episode to be released during Hispanic Heritage Month. And during for every day of Hispanic Heritage Month, which runs from September 15th to October 15th, I will be highlighting a different Latina-owned business and or podcast and a little blurb about them. So all the content that, be, that is being posted until October 15th is all, um, so all the businesses and all the podcasts that um, aren't mine, those are um, posts that are written by the actual owners. So it's just this um, amazing like project that I'm doing, um, kind of sound like I'm tooting my own horn here, but it's definitely like I've gotten so much joy from it and seeing um, these women come into the light and talking about what they're doing and sharing their passion and also wanting to share that with my audience as well. Um, so definitely be sure to follow me um, on Instagram at Sex and Spanglish as well as on Facebook under um, Sex and Spanglish. And yeah, just keep a lookout for those and share them if they interest you and you like them, you know, make sure you share them as well as tag me in them so that I know that you found them um, via my page. And also as a way to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month, I'll be doing a giveaway. So I've put together a pleasure pack with items from Latina owned businesses that I know you're going to love. So it's like some massage oils and some toys and things like that. So I'm not going to go into too much detail here about what I am. Um, what I'm putting together in the pleasure pack, but I will be posting a picture uh, later this week 
um, of what it contains and who I bought these things from. So I bought all of these things with my own money. These are um, things that I um, would personally use and do personally use. Um, and they're all lat from Latina-owned businesses. So be sure to check that out. So if you want to enter to win this pleasure pack, you have to do something very simple for me. All you have to do is listen to this episode on iTunes, and I want you to leave uh, a review and a rating. So rate and review the podcast, this podcast episode, um, or this podcast on iTunes. And once it's posted, I want you to put the screenshot on your Instagram stories and tag me. So the tag is very important because otherwise I won't know that you did it other than you rating and reviewing. But so listen to this episode on iTunes. You want to leave um, rate and review and then put the screenshot on your stories and tag me. And I will be announcing the winner at the end of Hispanic Heritage Month. All right, so now to get into talking about sex toys. So I'm entitling this episode Sex Toys 101 because this is going to be very basic. Um, I definitely will do a different episode on um, going more in depth on sex toys, but I think it's very important to start from the beginning. So Sex Toys 101. So first we're going to talk about toy materials. Now there are three main types that I'm going to be talking about. Um, and for simplicity reasons, I'm only going to talk about these three. So there are others, but you know they typically aren't bodily safe, and it's just easier to stick with things that you know for sure are bodily safe, especially if you don't know much about sex toys. So the three that I'm going to talk about are 100% silicone, glass, and stainless steel. So first, let's talk about silicone. Silicone, you want to make sure that it's 100% and that it's medical grade silicone. Um, that will ensure that it's non-porous and it's also hypoallergenic, which means there's not gonna be anything in it that you're really gonna like have a reaction to if you're super sensitive. And non-porous just means that any of your bodily fluids or you know anything that you clean it with is not gonna get trapped inside the toy and then later on give you an infection. And it can also um, ruin the quality of the toy. Um, so over time, you know, the, the toy can be ruined if it's porous and it's um, soaking in all these things, right? Um, so with silicone toys, you want to make sure that you're using water-based lube only. And this is because if you use silicone lube on a silicone toy, it can deteriorate the toy. So that's all for silicone. So for glass toys... Um, these are safe to use with any lube. So I think that that's great because some people prefer silicone lube, some people prefer water-based lube, you know. Um, but yeah, glass is safe with any lube. They're non-porous and hypoallergenic. So similar to the silicone, um, their glass isn't going to absorb any, you know, bodily materials or, you know, give off anything that you may be allergic to. It's also super easy to clean them. Um, I would say almost, I, I think personally that it's easier to clean the silicone um, just because like the texture, um, but that's just a personal preference. Um, the glass uh, material is great for G-spot and P-spot stimulation. So the G-spot, which is located inside of the vagina, 
Um, it's easily stimulated with the glass because the glass is hard. So especially if you've never um, had a G-spot orgasm before and you're kind of new to stimulating the G-spot and kind of finding where it is, a glass, um, a glass toy is going to be your best bet. Now, P-spot stimulation, the P-spot is the prostate. So glass is best for that. It's also great for temperature play. So temperature play is essentially some people um, want the toy cold or they want it warm. And obviously you have to be careful. Um, you don't want to go to like extreme temperatures, right? But um, some people like temperature play and glass is a great and safe way to do this. Now, the next one I'm going to be talking about, the next material is stainless steel. Stainless steel is also non-porous. So again, it's not going to absorb anything. Um, you want to make sure that it's uh, steel and chromium so that it won't rust. So, I mean, if you think about like something that rusts, like a nail or something, like would you want that rust inside of you? I don't think so. So steel and chromium. Um, these are also great for temp play. So if you think of like, I don't know, a pole outside, right? It can get really hot. It can get really cold. So you do want to be very careful again with temperature play, but it is something that some people enjoy. Stainless steel are also great for G-spot and P-spot stimulation because of the rigidity of the toy. So it's not very flexible. You know, it, it will, well, it's not flexible at all. You know, it's just how it is and you insert it and that's it, right? So those are great for both G-spot and P-spot stimulation. And with stainless steel, you can also use any lubricant that you want. So silicone, water-based, um, whatever tickles your fan. So now that we've covered the materials, I want to talk about sex toys um, in general and what they're great for and things like that. So sex toys are a great addition to play. They're an addition. They are not a replacement. A lot of people, especially males, have an issue when their female partner, um, you know, wants to bring toys into the bedroom. This has nothing to do with that. And women that use toys already, you will know this, that you're not trying to replace your partner. It's just fun, right? And so the way that I like to explain it to people that think that it, toys are a replacement um, rather than an addition is imagine um, a child playing with toys. So these could be any toys. Not, I mean, obviously I'm not talking about sex toys. Like imagine your child or a child that you know, or, you know, anyone in general playing with um, a doll or playing with, um, I don't know, cars or whatever it is that these kids are playing with, LOL, dolls, whatever the hell, right? So they play with toys because it enhances their their story that they have going on in their head, right? Because you can, kids can play without toys, but the toys just enhance that um, imaginative story they have going on. So if, you know, these kids are playing house, for example, the baby doll brings their, their story that they have going on in their head or amongst themselves to life, right? It's more lifelike when they have these props. So it's like in a, in a Broadway play, for example, you have props to bring that acting into life. So it's the same thing with sex toys. Sex toys will not desensitize you. 
that I get that question all the time. And I think it's a really common held belief that um, women in particular think that using a sex toy will desensitize them. And it's just not true. You can take a break if you find that you're being more like desensitized to using it. Um, you can take a break. That's fine. Your body kind of becomes like accustomed to using it, but they're not, the toys are not powerful enough to ruin your nerve endings. So if you're finding that you're being desensitized, you know, take a little break. That's okay. And you can always go back to it. That's totally fine. Now that those two points are out of the way, um, I want to talk about picking one out. So if you're picking one out for the first time, you really want to do it in person. And I know during COVID, that's not something that you want to hear. Um, I'm not even sure that sex shops are open right now. I'm not positive. Um, but anyways, you want to pick one out the first time in person because you want to see, you want to see it, you want to feel it, um, you know, all the things. <laughs> so you definitely want to do it in person. And the people that work there typically know what they're talking about. So they can definitely help you. So don't be shy because the that's what they're there for. That's what the, the clerks at the sex shop, that's what they're there for to answer any questions you might have about the products. It's just like if you go to Walmart and you want to know the difference between, I don't know, Fabuloso and Great Value or whatever the fuck you know, you're comparing, they should like semi be able to tell you maybe, uh, maybe that's a horrible example because I don't know why the hell they would care about that. But you know what I mean? Like if you go into like a specialty shop, they should be able to tell you about their products, right? Same thing. They're trained in knowing what these products are for. So again, first time you want to go in person, you also want to know what you want. So that's another reason why you need to go in person, because you need to figure out if you want vibrating versus not vibrating versus humming. You know, uh, you also want to know you want to go into the store knowing like what you want it for, like what maybe what type of play or, you know, whatever, um, what like what part of your body. So I guess where, like where, or maybe where you want to take it. Do you want it like just at home? Do you want it for travel? Do you want it for both? Do you want it to be discreet? Um, do you want it to be like a partner play kind of thing? Like you need to play all, all these scenarios in your head about what you really want and go in there knowing what you want and then talk to the clerk. Be like, hey, this is what I want. And if you're too embarrassed to do it in person, just call. And be like, hey, I have a list of things that I want. Is there any way that you can like suggest some toys? And then maybe kind of do some research online from the list that they tell you. And then, I don't know, if if you feel weird going into the same sex store that you called, go into a different one. Like whatever you got to do to not be embarrassed, do it. So once you have one picked out, you also want to buy from a good store or company. So you don't want to buy from Amazon because a lot of times there are knockoffs. So I love Amazon just as much as the next person, but there are certain things that you don't want to buy off Amazon because they can potentially be knockoffs. So this is typically like name brand things you wouldn't want to buy off Amazon. Sex toys are one of them. You want to buy um, from a reputable store and I've named some reputable stores in my past episodes. So be sure to check those out and, um, you know, look them up, 
Feel More is a great one. It's located in Oakland. You can also find them online, um, but also depending on what you want. So not every store is going to have what you want. So you're also going to have to figure out like what you want and also what what carries it, right? Or where it carries it. And um, you can buy directly from the company or you can support a local sex shop. That is entirely up to you and your values. So if you're looking for a certain store, be sure to go back and check out my previous episodes to find um, the sex stores that I mentioned. So along with a toy, you also want to buy lube. I know I talk about this all the time, but lube needs to be used with and without toys. So just because you're, if you're a woman and you're secreting, you know, a lot of lubrication, extra lube is not going to hurt you. You know, it just use lube is the point. But with the toys, it makes it a lot easier to use. Um, just use lube. Again, I recommend Uber Lube. I love it, but I also love water-based lubes as well. Um, and I've mentioned those before in previous episodes, so be sure to check those out. Um, they will be in they're in the show notes of previous episodes. So the last thing that I want to talk about is caring for sex toys. So you want to store them in a cool, dry place. So you don't want to put them like, I don't know, next to the heater or something. You don't definitely don't want to store them in the bathroom. I think that's a really common place to put them for whatever reason. But there's moisture in the bathroom because of the shower. So you don't want to leave them in the bathroom. You want to leave them in maybe like a drawer, like maybe like a nightstand or something. Um, so a cool, dry place. And you also want to wash them before use and after use. So you want to wash them, obviously, when you first buy them, you know, you should wash them and then, you know, wash it after you're finished using it and then put it away. But then when you pull it out for the second time, you still want to wash it. So even though it's clean when you put it away, you still want to wash it beforehand. So you want to wash before and you want to wash after. And you also want to make sure not to wa wash, I can't even talk, <laughs> you want to wash um, with a, a uh, wash <laughs> that is meant for sex toys. So you don't want to be washing with like Dawn or whatever, right? Or bleach or I don't know, whatever the hell people are using. But you want to make sure that it's something that is um, not harsh, that's not going to you know, ruin the toy and also maybe not even like come off and maybe um, like if if you use like Dawn, for example, and it doesn't get all washed off and then that's going to go inside your vagina and you're probably going to get an infection. So you definitely want to be conscientious of what you're using. So whatever sex toy, uh, whatever sex store you go to, they will definitely have cleaners for the sex toys. So just buy one um, that looks um, that looks like it fits your needs. So that's all I have on sex toys. So I'm going to move on to the next segment. Moving along to la cochinada del día. Today's cochinada is my partner watches porn. So I want to normalize this here because there's nothing wrong with watching porn. Now there is a problem with watching non-ethical porn, but I'm actually going to do a whole episode on that. So Today, I'm just going to touch base on porn in general, ethical and non-ethical. 
um, there is nothing wrong with your partner watching porn. Now, this um, typically comes from a woman's perspective. Um, they don't want their male partner watching porn. And from what I've heard and what I, you know, I've experienced um, is that women don't want their male partners watching porn because they think that that means that their partner isn't into them. But that's not the case. That just means that they like it. Um, porn can be considered like an art form. Um, maybe it's just a way to help them fantasize. Just like um, when you masturbate, that doesn't mean that you're not attracted to your partner. And just like when you wanna use a sex toy, that doesn't mean that you're trying to replace your partner. It's the same thing. Um, you know, watching porn has nothing to do with you and everything to do with your partner and their needs and their desires and things like that. So if this is something that bothers you, I would definitely open up a discussion with your partner um, about porn and, you know, um, maybe discuss like your views on it and um, different things like that. And I feel like this is my answer to everything, but it is so important, especially when you're having sex with someone else and not just yourself, you need to have these conversations. Um, so definitely have a conversation with your partner um, about your views and then also get their views on it and what's going through their head because you won't know unless you ask. Because up until now, if you're coming here and asking me that this question, rather than asking your partner, um, I can just tell you, I can just educate you right on porn and that's great, but I don't know what your partner's thinking and neither do you. Um, so now that you have the education, go out and talk to your partner about your views and your feelings and thoughts and the same thing, um, get your partner's thoughts and feelings um, about porn and just have that conversation. And if you're struggling still after that, then come back and I can help you some more with that. On to the next segment, Ask a Future Doctora. Today's question is, am I peeing? Now, what this person is referring to is they're orgasming, and then there's liquid coming out, and they are concerned that they're urinating when they're orgasming. And this is actually a pretty common question. I get this question all the time. And the way that you can tell the difference between squirting and peeing is you're going to um, go to the bathroom. So you're gonna go and urinate, you're gonna wipe, and you're going to smell it. And I know that sounds really weird, but just stick with me. You're going to smell it. Then you're going to go and you're going to masturbate. Now it's important that you masturbate and don't have sex with a partner because that can kind of mess up like you're, because when you're having sex with someone, you're, um, sharing bodily fluids. So I need the fluids to only be yours. So orgasm by yourself. And once you orgasm, go to the bathroom again and wipe before you go pee. And I want you to um, smell that and compare the two, right? So once again, you're going to pee you're, before you masturbate, you're going to pee you're going to smell the toilet paper and then you're going to masturbate to orgasm. You're going to wipe up that liquid that is coming out that you think is pee 
and you're going to smell it and compare the two. If they smell different, if one smells, if the one post-masturbation doesn't smell like the one pre-masturbation when you went pee, that means that you're squirting. If it smells like pee, or maybe there's just like, it smells like a hint of pee and not really like full on, like strong, like the first one did, then that likely means that it's still female ejaculate because there is urine in the female ejaculate, just like with men. Um, but if it does smell like exactly the same, maybe that could mean that you are urinating during sex and that is something that you would want to see a gynecologist about and also a pelvic floor therapist. So there is a difference between a pelvic floor therapist and a gynecologist. So you would want to see both and you can typically get a referral from your gynecologist um, if you want it covered by insurance. Sometimes insurances don't cover the pelvic floor therapist. Um, so just check into that first. Um, I always recommend Saratanza out of Santa Cruz, but I realize not everybody is willing to travel to Santa Cruz to see a pelvic floor therapist. Um, but definitely see a gynecologist and a pelvic floor therapist if you are truly urinating um, when you orgasm. Secondly, if it doesn't smell like urine, um, that means that you're squirting. And that just means that it's like sometimes some people when they squirt, um, they have a puddle rather than actually squirting out. And that's super common. Like you don't always see like, you know, in porn films, how it like shoots out. And the reason why it shoots out in porn films is because their pelvic floors are super strong. So you can also do this you are capable of having that, right? So if you have stronger pelvic floor muscles, you're able to uh, squirt out farther. Um, so if you think about it, the way that I think about this is if you have um, a penis that's ejaculating when it's soft or when it's flaccid and it comes, you know, when it ejaculates, it's it would just like drip down, right? Whereas if it's hard, it's like shooting out. So it's the same thing. If your muscles are soft and they're not very strong, it's going to kind of just dribble out. Whereas if you have stronger muscles, it's going to like shoot out. So that's all I have for this week's episode. Next week, I'll be soltando toda la sopa on sex coaching and how I, as a certified sex coach, can help you own your own pleasure y enseñarte cómo vencer la vergüenza sobre el tema del sexo. So if you enjoyed this episode, compártelo con una prima, una vecina y una cochina. If you'd like a question answered on the podcast, send me an email at sexandspanglish at gmail.com. Join me every week to hear me talk about orgasms, STIs, birth control, and all the other cochinadas your abuelas didn't tell you about. Until then, be sure to follow me on Instagram for weekly topics and updates. And if you want chisme before anyone else and early access to freebies, be sure to sign up for my email list. Simply head to the link tree located in my bio on Instagram and click on Email me the cheeseman. My link tree is also where you can get more information about how you can get personalized coaching from a Latina certified sex coach who can help you navigate your culture and your sexuality sin vergüenza. Instagram is where you'll find me discussing sex and my other passions, food, social justice, y Latinidad. It's also where you can access my Facebook and Twitter accounts. Make sure to follow me and leave me a comment on my social media platforms to let me know you heard this. Espero verte pronto.